Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us today is the Old Testament lesson read previously, thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, the Old Testament prophet Elijah is one of the most interesting people in all of Scripture. He is one of the great Old Testament prophets, and yet he dressed in camel's hair and wore a leather belt, as would John the Baptist centuries later. He is one of two people in the scriptures that left life in this world and went to be with God without experiencing death. The other, of course, being Enoch in the book of Genesis. And as a prophet of God, he experienced tremendous highs and tremendous lows. But there is a temptation for us to focus exclusively on Elijah, to dwell on the details of his life. But today, I invite you to join me in looking at what is above the surface, and there together we will see the God who provided for Elijah in all aspects of his life, and we will also see the God who provides for us in all aspects of our lives. Our Old Testament lesson for today comes after what was undoubtedly the highest point for Elijah in his service to God, his defeat of the 450 prophets of the false god Baal on Mount Carmel. Elijah had challenged these prophets of Baal in order to prove who the one true God really is. Elijah said, let's take two bulls, and then to the prophets of Baal he said, cut up your bull and place it atop a pile of wood and call upon Baal to bring down fire and consume it. That's exactly what the prophets of Baal did. They placed their bull on top of the pile of wood, and from early morning until noon, they called upon Baal, saying, Hear us, O Baal. And of course, nothing happened. At noon, Elijah even taunted the prophets of Baal and said, Why don't you cry out a little louder? Maybe he's sleeping, or maybe he's in the restroom, to put it nicely. And so the prophets of Baal cried out even louder as they danced around that sacrifice and even cut themselves in a frenzy, hoping that maybe even that would get the attention of Baal. But again, of course, nothing happened. And then Elijah commanded that another bull be prepared and that it be placed on a separate pile of wood and that a trench be dug around that altar, and that the bull and the sacrifice be doused with water, not once, not twice, but three times, so that the bull and the wood were completely saturated, and the trench around that altar was filled with water. And then Elijah called upon the name of the Lord. And did the Lord ever provide for Elijah? A huge firestorm came down from heaven and not only consumed the bull and the wood, 
but the water in the trench around that sacrifice was vaporized. God had convincingly demonstrated that he is the one true God. And all the prophets of Baal were immediately rounded up and executed right then and there on the spot. God had provided for Elijah on Mount Carmel a tremendous victory over 450 prophets of Baal. But then comes the low point. You see Queen Jezebel, through whom the worship of Baal was introduced to God's people, heard what had happened, and she vowed that she would make Elijah's life just like that of the prophets of Baal. In other words, she would have him killed. Elijah fled. He literally ran for his life. He ended up out in the wilderness, and in a moment of despair, he even asked God to take his life. He sat down under a tree and went to sleep. But again, God provided for Elijah, even and especially now in this low point in his life. God sent an angel who provided nourishment for Elijah in the form of cake and water. Twice that angel had to summon Elijah to wake up and to eat and drink. God provided for Elijah as that nourishment lasted him for 40 days until he traveled and came to Mount Horeb, another name for Mount Sinai in the Old Testament. And just as God had provided for Moses and his people centuries earlier at Mount Sinai, so also now God would provide for Elijah at Mount Sinai. For God came to Elijah and spoke to him. But by this time, Elijah was in deep despair. He was feeling sorry for himself, and he was wallowing in self-pity. He says in our Old Testament lesson for today, The people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. In other words, Lord, what's the use? All of your people out there are unbelievers. I'm the only faithful one left, and now they seek to kill me. God provided for Elijah in that he came and spoke to Elijah right then and there. Not in the strong wind, not in the earthquake, not in the fire, but in the still, small voice, the low whisper, if you will, as it is translated. And God did not allow Elijah to wallow in his self-pity anymore. He says to him, get up and appoint a new king in Syria, appoint a new king in Israel. And he tells Elijah that he will provide a successor for him, namely Elisha. Elisha would carry on the great work that God had done through the prophet Elijah. And God lets Elijah know that he is far from the only one who is left. God says, I have preserved 7,000 in Israel 
who have not bowed the knee to Baal. There on Mount Sinai, at one of his lowest points, God provided not only for Elijah, but for all the believers, for all who trusted his promise of a savior to come. Fast forward hundreds of years, and God would provide for Elijah again on another mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration. For there, at the transfiguration of our Lord, it would be Moses and Elijah who would be there, seeing the glorified Lord and speaking with Jesus himself about his exodus, as the original language puts it, referring to the coming crucifixion, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. Then and there also, God provided for Elijah on yet another mountain. But not long after that, God would provide for Elijah and for all people on yet another mountain, one that is much smaller than Mount Carmel or Mount Sinai, namely Mount Calvary. There it would not be Elijah, but it would be Christ himself who would be alone in so many ways. Suspended there on a cross between earth and heaven, making the sacrifice that only he could make for our sin and for all sin and all evil. There, on the cross, Christ won a victory far greater than the victory over 450 prophets of the false god Baal. There, Christ procured for us the victory and final and decisive victory over sin death, and Satan himself. And now, as a result, we may not leave this world in a fiery chariot, as did Elijah, but nonetheless, we have Christ's promise that even when we die, yet shall we live. It is this same gracious God who provided for Elijah, who also provides for you and me on a daily basis. Just as he provided nourishment for Elijah for his journey, so he also provides for us all of our physical needs for our journey through this life. He richly and daily provides all that we need to support and sustain this life, as Luther puts it, and not only for us, but for all of his creation. The difference is, we realize that the source of those blessings is none other than the gracious hand of God. And that's why we pray in the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, because we realize that it comes from him. And just also, as this same gracious God sustained and provided for Elijah, spiritually speaking, with his words, so also God sustains us and provides for us in his word to us, the Holy Scriptures. Simple, ordinary words, but also God-breathed, inspired words that tell us of a God who loves us with an everlasting love and a God who will never leave us or forsake us. No matter where we are, no matter what time it is, 
no matter what situation we are in, he is the God who provides for us. And I would be remiss if I did not mention how God has provided for us here collectively as a congregation at St. Paul's over 173 years. Over that time span, he has provided dozens and dozens of faithful pastors who have proclaimed and taught God's word in faith and purity and administered his sacraments amongst us. He has provided dozens and dozens of teachers who have nurtured the baptismal faith of our children. He has provided dozens and dozens of dedicated and devoted staff members here at our church, at our school, at our early childhood center, at our Parents' Day Out program. And just think of the last few years and what he has provided for us. You don't have to look far. A brand new, beautiful school building just to our north. Think of how he has provided the increase in enrollment for our school, up some 70 students from where we were at the end of 2019. Or our early childhood center, up approximately 50 students due to the increased space we have now with that new building. But beyond that, Think of the dozens of baptisms and confirmations that have taken place, both of children and of adults. The list could go on and on and on, citing all of God's blessings and all the ways that he has provided and continues to provide for us. How appropriate in reflecting upon those blessings are the words of Psalm 115, verse 1, where the psalmist writes, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name be the glory, for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Elijah certainly experienced it, and we certainly are experiencing it every day. What are we experiencing? The God who provides for his people. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.